This is the Kennedy assassination. Welcome to the Kennedy assassination, where I, Kate Kennedy, speak to men that don't like me on the internet because I kind of want to die. Today's guest is a good friend, Chad. He is a 40-year-old Southern California native who's really into music. Uh, his favorite comedians are Doug Stanhope, Adam Carolla, Mark Marin, and Harlan Williams. Good list there. Um, and you like to live a low-stress life because life is already really annoying. I get that, Chad. I'm, I'm right in the same boat with you there, Chad, buddy. I get it. Thanks it, for coming on the show. It really is. No problem. Is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners about you? Um, no, I mean, you pretty much got it. I'm self-employed. Uh, I work in the swimming pool industry. So yeah, I am a pool guy. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I uh, have some fun stories about that, but we don't need to get into that. Um, also big on poker, uh, movies, traveling. Uh, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Uh, I don't listen Which, to yours. I didn't even know that you had one. You, you're the second one. episode. So, uh, no one has listened to it yet, except for me, who listened to the first episode yesterday. <laughs> well, um, if if I'm the type of guest you're going to be getting, then I don't know if I'm going to be that interested in listening to it. We'll see. Maybe no one will listen to it. That's the fun part of, of a creative job, is that sometimes you just do things, and they're terrible, and they suck. And then you just go do another thing. And sometimes you think they suck, and they end up being comedy gold, so... Most often, the things I think suck tend to be the things I do the best. Well, there you go. You know, I don't know what that says about my personal self-esteem. Um, but so knowing what this podcast is about, uh, you agreed to come on it. You reached out to me. Uh, can you tell me why? Well, I mean, technically, you reached out to me first. Oh, I did reach out to you. I'm sorry. And I've sent a lot of people emails the last couple of days. I mean. What, what started this whole thing, which is still kind of baffling, is I literally just left a three-letter comment on one of your pictures. And uh, all I said was, meh. Meh. Which, yes. I mean, it, it's kind of a dick comment. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But, I mean, it's not like I was saying, like, you know, I think your, your pussy smells. And you know, it's, it's not like I was, like, trying to attack you and, and being horrible. It's, it's just meh. You know, I didn't think it was that bad. No, it wasn't. And honestly, uh, that's kind of what I appreciated about it. Because when you get those really absurd comments, like you're saying that your pussy smells bad and you've warts and all this, it's like, well, you don't know that. Whereas we're describing my ass as meh is perfectly valid because that's your opinion on my ass. And frankly, I share that with you, Chad. Some days I look in the mirror and I'm like, meh. Happens all the time. <laughs> Well, teach their own, right? I mean, look, we all have a preference. And uh, I mean, I'm just going to say it. You don't really fit that preference. And, you know, it's not a big deal. You're not no, going to be. Not uh, at all. You're not going to be everybody's particular brand of vodka. And, no, and, uh, or everyone's you, cup you're of not tea. Mine. Which right. is perfectly acceptable. I am not many people's, um, which I think is, uh, you know, an important thing to just. I guess for me, like being in the industry I'm in, it's an important thing to be aware of because there are a lot of people. And, and the idea behind this show is in no way to go around trying to convince all of these people to actually like me um, or to be attracted to me. It's, it's the opposite. Um, well, because I, well I, I do kind of like you. I just, I'm not really attracted to you. I don't, 
I mean, what about me just, do you find unattractive? It's not that you're ugly, okay? Because that's absolutely not the case at all. You're actually pretty, you know, pretty attractive. Um, you just you have like this girl next door vibe, and uh, I mean, which I don't know. Some people are into that, but uh, when I'm looking at porn or something, the last thing I want to see is my next door neighbor. You know, I I, I kind of like looking at porn stars that look like porn stars. Which is totally valid. Do you like them big fake titties? Not, not necessarily. I mean, look, I, I, was, I was into porn at one point. I, I think like my biggest stretch of like really being into it and paying attention to the, the players in it was probably like 2000 to 2010. Okay. So I, I'd, say like, I'd say like my favorite porn stars, I don't even know if you know any of these names, but I was like really into this girl named uh, Hillary Scott. Okay. She was really good. And uh, also, lesser known, but this girl named Carrie Sable. Okay. She's really good. Um, you, you could find her on the internet. She, she does like crazy gangbang videos and stuff, which is pretty awesome. But Gangbangs uh, are know. pretty awesome. Yeah, they are. But one, I don't know, there's, there's something kind of weird about me when it comes to porn. I, I don't like watching porn where the girl is just completely naked. And I mean, I, I didn't do a deep dive on you, Kate, uh, mm -hmm. but I did check out some stuff and it all just seemed kind of bland and boring and vanilla. You know, uh, the, the thing that I'm really into is, um, and it, it's kind of weird, <laughs> but I don't care. I'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, I'm into like, hmm, how do I say this? I'm into like BDSM. Oh, that's so I'm, cool. But I'm not into it at all. I'm only into the costumes. So I'm, I'm only into like the latex and the, the leather. The latex and the leather, I and feel like ya. The thigh high boots. Like I love watching movies or videos where the girl's wearing like stockings and garters and all that stuff. I, I'm not into porn where they're completely naked. So I don't know, maybe if you start entering in that foray or in that realm. Um, That's actually uh, the realm that I got watch. into porn into. Well, I definitely didn't find any of that. No, you didn't, because <laughs> I got waterboarded in a scene. What? Yeah. Who, who would agree to do something that stupid? I would. It was awesome. I came super hard, and it is a terrible way to get military intelligence. I could not remember my own name after that. Oh, wow. That, that is baffling. Okay, so you're into some really weird shit. That's cool. Yeah, I actually came up in the leather and BDSM scenes in Denver and Salt Lake City. Uh, and I traveled around the country for a few years and helped teach classes and work at conventions and do uh, BDSM and kink education. Hmm. Maybe yeah. I'd be into that. I, I've never had anybody. I've never had anybody really expose me into that world. So maybe that's why I'm not into it and just only really into like the the look of it or the costumes. But um, the costumes are cool. I think your your point about that is totally valid because I think they're fucking hot too. Like, I like a nice lady in latex. Right? It, I don't, I, yeah. I don't like wearing latex because it's very hot and sticky. Um, that, that's what I hear. I mean, it makes sense. It's, it's not porous. You know, you can't, it doesn't breathe it does at all. Breathe. You have to cover your body in baby powder before you put it on. Like, cover your entire body in baby powder so that it'll yeah, actually it makes sense. pull Otherwise, on. Right, right. But it sure <laughs> looks fucking hot. It really does. Mm -hmm. um, 
do you have any of that do you have any of that stuff on your uh, only fans you know what i actually don't because it's mostly stuff i did for companies so i worked for insects up in portland oregon for a year and that's that was my first job in in porn i worked behind the scenes as a pa um mm -hmm. and uh so i was shooting the videos and then i also performed in several of them but they were for companies and that's the kind of content where it's hard to do it on your own obviously yeah. um because mm -hmm. i don't have a full-size dungeon in my 700 square foot apartment i did have a home dungeon when i lived in denver and it was pretty dope where are you originally from uh colorado i grew up in colorado hmm, okay yeah. Yeah. But you said you lived in you lived in Portland. Yeah, I did a year in Portland when I was about twenty three, and that was my first job in porn. And then I had started performing, and so about a year later, I decided to just pursue that full time, and I moved down to LA. So I've been so, here for two wait, years. So, you, so you did filming up in Portland as well. Yes. That okay. I mean, do all the girls up there have like uh, hairy armpits and they're all crunchy and hippie like and all that? Honestly, I, I yes. I lived, I lived up there for a year, so. Oh, very I cool. Know the same. Yeah. yeah, you definitely do. Uh, yes, they do. We used to fly a lot of models up from LA um, to get Good. the look that we needed. Uh, but that's very funny you bring that up because it, it literally came up yesterday on the episode yesterday as well. Yeah, well, I, I hooked up with a girl up there and I was very surprised to see any of that because being from here in SoCal, you, that's just not something you see. No, not and, at all. Uh, uh, Unless you're in certain say, parts of Silver Lake. Yeah, which I don't, I, I hate Los Angeles, by the way. I was actually born in, in Los Angeles and I mm -hmm. can't stand the place. So uh, it's, it's amazing that you're able to, to survive over there. It's definitely awesome. not for everybody. Like my parents don't come visit me. They would hate it. My mother cannot see where I live. She'll never stop crying. Um, <laughs> oh. I have rent control. All right. All right. I've heard that. I've heard that sentence so many times from people in LA. That's, that's not a good enough reason to stay there. Between the smog and the traffic and the homeless people and, and your pussyfoot mayor, uh, just, <laughs> Mayor Garcetti is one of the worst mayors. I mean, oh, I don't. We don't. We don't need to talk about. I, that. We can. I agree with you. The the response in the last several months has been terrible and baffling. I was trying to explain on a call with my parents yesterday, actually, about whether or not the bars were open, and I was like, "Well, kind of, but you have to drink in the parking lot, and nobody really knows the rules." It's just sad. I don't even go outside anymore. It's just the, the rules keep changing. It's it's awful. I just want this whole thing to be over already. I feel that. Has this uh, whole pandemic thing affected your pool business? Uh, no, I've been working consistently. And uh, if anything, it's just increasing and getting busier and busier because everybody's home and everybody mm -hmm. wants their shit working. So, Well, that's good. Yeah, except I prefer not to work, but yeah, know, there's I, things like bills to pay and, you know. I feel that a lot of my friends who do like other creative jobs have been just kind of chilling on unemployment for the last several and months. It's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. And I'm a little jealous. What, what do you mean you're jealous? You get to just hang out at home through all, like, like while I'm outside working, I basically see you tweeting like you're just sitting at home, you know, diddling yourself. And, uh, while the rest of us are out, you know, sweating our sweat, sweating our asses off, 
you get to just hang out at home and smoke pot or do whatever you do. I don't know. <laughs> I know it does. And I definitely play that up. And I've actually been called out for this before. Um, I do play that up on a level. It's satire. I have like five jobs and I work on average. I work between 12 and 15 hours a day whether it's responding oh, to messages, planning new content, answering emails, setting up this, uh, shooting, shooting custom, shooting photos. It's a lot. I mean, I have spreadsheets of all of the information for the guests for this. I have, I have to, I had to learn how to edit the audio. I've had to learn the last couple of months iMovie because I shoot, edit and sell all of my own content. So like I'm the only current employee I do hire other people on different bases so I hire several people a month to do other things but it is sure. it's owning your own business I, I do get to sit at home and I'm not gonna lie like there there's definite advantages to this job uh in terms of how often I get to just sit on my couch but if I'm sitting on my couch I'm working even when I'm tweeting I'm working right you know yeah I, I guess it's just me being jealous because you're you're actually doing something you love or love doing or yeah. have, you know have passion for meanwhile i'm out there you know doing something that uh, i've been doing for already far too long I, i've been doing what i do for 23 years oh wow so it, it stopped being fun about 20 years ago so since really. you were 17 the money basically yeah well i'm about to turn uh, in two months i'll be 41 I started in this industry in my first year of college at uh, Orange Coast College in Orange County um, and kind of been doing it ever since. And I tried to get out of it. Like I moved, I sold my business, sold my house and I moved up to uh, Portland, Oregon and partied my ass off and burned through a, a ridiculous amount of money and uh, ended up having to move back and get back right back into this industry because I mean, People think that pool guys are just kind of like these schleppy, dirty, uh, just like low-level people. But, I mean, you'd actually be surprised to to know what um, people in our industry make. It's, it's quite oh, a Oh, no, it's, it's competitive. I actually do know some people that, that work on pool maintenance or design or construction or whatever. And it is – it's. Uh, I, I think we could agree on that probably is that both – of our jobs have sort of a, a reputation or a stigma around them of being like on your case, not as well paid or schleppy. And on mine that, you know, you're dirty and you don't work very hard when I think we, we both seem to work pretty hard and are compensated for it. Yeah. I, I guess that's a fair statement. Yeah. But I also understand that. And I mean, that's something that came up yesterday as well in the last episode of that. It's sort of like, I don't really have a job and I definitely do play that up. And I understand why people are annoyed by that. It's almost like you're inviting the hate to come by the type of content that you produce and put out there. Oh, I absolutely am. It, it, are you like a glutton for punishment? Do you, do you enjoy? I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of odd. <laughs> I mean, we did just talk about how I got waterboarded. So I am a masochist. Absolutely. I'm also just it, very interested yeah, in you, people's reactions to things. And you just must have a really high self-esteem to subject yourself to this repeatedly. Repeatedly. Four days in a row this weekend. I get to do this. <laughs> I mean, and you you're have, still able to laugh and smile. So good for you. You know, I think you have to, but it also gets into this idea of like, where does your self-esteem come from? And I think that for so many people uh, on the internet who become public figures or, or make that choice to, you know, be an influencer, porn star, comedian, whatever, and put themselves out there like that. I do see so many people that 
base their self-esteem on that kind of like external validation, which is bonkers mm-hmm. to me. Right. But it is why comments like that don't bother me. And I can look at you calling my ass meh and be like, yeah, you know what? It didn't look that good that day. It wasn't a flattering angle. I mean, I don't know. You're kind of backwards of kind of what I like. Like, I'm kind of a more of a boob guy, and you kind of have like average size tits and a bigger ass. Where I kind of like, I kind of like it the other way around. Maybe if you had bigger tits and an average size ass, uh, that comment wouldn't have come. But you know, good for you for putting yourself out there, anyways. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate Not- it. <laughs> And yeah, I just feel like we've had an impacted ass full of porn stars and porn on the internet. It's like, do we really need that much more new content? I mean, isn't there already like years and years and years of content already out there? It's like, how much more of this shit do we really need? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. There is so much goddamn porn on the internet. Um, the market's very saturated, but content whether it's pornography or jokes or pretty pictures on Instagram is a bottomless void that is never satisfied and must be fed like a medieval monster just constantly gnashing at you with its teeth. So the pressure to, and I'm actually working on a piece about this right now, but the, uh, the pressure to constantly be putting out content every day and, and having to do new pictures and new videos every day. And it is almost every day that I shoot and I know the vast majority of other people do as well now that we're all kind of independent of studio work. Yeah, sure. it's, you know, and even with the studios because, you know, their their distribution model is based on shooting a certain number of new pictures per month. Yeah, and the landscape has completely changed from what I hear from where it was, you know, pre, pre-internet, like let's say 20 years ago, a completely different industry. It's just kind of similar to the music industry, right? Yeah, very similar, similar kind of like the that. rise of Napster. Um, Pornhub was kind of our Napster. The difference is that Napster doesn't exist anymore because the music industry is well-funded with uh, lawyers and social capital that allows you to uh, shut something like that down. Yeah, but I mean, look, I was a musician and I never really pursued that industry just because of just how competitive it is and just the the constant amount of rejection, just like being in the entertainment industry, very Mm -hmm. similar. And plus, I'm not... I'm not that big of an egomaniac. I'm not a, I'm not, well, I am kind of a narcissist, but I, like I had no desire to be a front man. Like, yeah, I can yeah. sing vocals. I can play an instrument at the same time, but I've never had the desire to, to be the front man being front and center. Um, I'm perfectly happy, you know, playing second fiddle in the back, playing lead guitar and just doing some backup vocals and making the guy in the front sound and look better. And I'm perfectly fine with that. So you know. Which is cool. Honestly, I have a lot of days where I wish I'd just become a dental hygienist and gotten married and had two and a half kids. So well, it's it's a little it's a little too late for that, you know. Considering there's pictures and video of you on the internet of you sticking your fist up your own ass, right? Yes. So people probably don't want me to stick my hands in their mouths now. Uh, definitely don't want you to put uh, yours in mine, that's for sure. Very understandable. Although I do wash my hands and use copious amounts of hand sanitizer, especially right now. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, that's very valid. And, you know, I appreciate you sharing what you, uh, what you like in porn. I know that that's not always the easiest conversation to, to have. I do think it's really interesting to talk to people about what they like in terms of like the pornography they consume. Uh, yeah, it it is always very, very interesting. I have a lot of theories about why we like what we like and what stimulates us and why, but. Well, I mean, for me personally, like I've been in a lot of relationships. I've, I've had, you know, a lot of sex in my life. Chad, you dog. So I don't know. Just watching two people having sex is very boring. Um, I agree. It's not that fun. And it's. I don't know. Uh, it need, there needs to be something else. There needs to be something a little extra. I, I think that's why I'm kind of into like the outfits and, and all that stuff. Like I, I, I love uh, porn where girls are wearing like denim skirts and they don't take them off and they just kind of hike them up and yeah. uh, like stuff like that. I mean, there's got to be something else other than just being completely naked. I mean, everybody kind of looks the same naked, you know? Yeah. I, well, I mean, not everyone. There are people that look better naked than others. Um, very true very true but in just terms of just like a human body is a human body mm-hmm. you know? but. i mean i i only get off to the audio tracks from facial abuse <laughs> that's I, so I don't, weird You're... i just like it when they cry that's what is wrong with you so much <laughs> apparently wow okay do you see a therapist yes okay good good keep doing that I, you know, I will. Um, she doesn't like the idea for this podcast either, but. I can't think of too many people who would support it. Uh, your your only, parents are probably thrilled. They kind of are. I think I was the only person who's ever told their parents they wanted to be a comedian and they were like, oh my God, thank God she has clothes on. Well, I mean, at that point it's, you know, yeah, anything's better than, to them, I would imagine anything's better than what you're currently doing but I mean look I, I have a lot of respect for you that you're you're attempting this transition and you know I've done a little bit of research about I think you've been doing comedy for like just under two years or something like that or actually just over a year, a year. or just over a year yeah yeah so I, I heard you on a couple podcasts I think I heard you on um obviously Don Barris's podcast that's where I first heard of you was your like 20 or 30 minute interview on there Oh, the Zoom one we did the other night? Uh, I don't know if it was the other night, but it, it was... Uh, was it I, the I full know. show or was it just the Zoom show? I think it was the Zoom show where he was talking about how you were um, featuring or trying out for the Ding Dong show or something like that. Yeah, and it was me and him and Mary Jane and uh, Tony Hinchcliffe was on it. And I love, I have this thing for Mary Jane. I love that girl. That she's she is great. so weird and just strange. And, but she's also like really hot. And she's got like this weird Betty Page thing going on. Yeah, she, she's, she's fantastic. But uh, so, yeah, I heard you there. I heard you on uh, Dr. Drew After Dark, um, which I'm a, I'm a big Dr. Drew fan. I've, I've spoken to him before. I've called him in his show. Yeah, I, I am I've as actually, well. And then I heard you on the, on Tom and Christina's pod, which I don't know. Like I, I've heard, I've you're you're interesting. You have some interesting stuff to say. Like uh, because of 
you know, you being on those podcasts, I learned that squirt scenes is, you know, just a bunch of Pedialyte set up on a table that uh, uh, women chug before yes. a scene. So that was pretty fascinating to learn. But I, I'm frankly, to be honest, I'm still kind of waiting for you to say something funny, you know. Um, but so I, am I, Chad. So am I. I haven't, I haven't really heard any of your stand-up, so that's not really fair for me to make that judgment. And I've really only heard you being interviewed, which I know that's completely different from a stand-up set, but you kind of talked about your stand-up. I, I think you mentioned that uh, one of your main openers was a joke about uh, Salman Rushdie or something. Yeah. Like, like, that's fucking stupid, Kay. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, you, inter you, introduced, you introduced yourself as a, a, I don't know, like a life-size American girl doll. And Don Bears didn't even know what the fuck you were talking about. So, like, there's another swing and a miss. It's, it's just kind of funny to watch you flail, to be honest. Uh, but I, I got to give you credit for keep trying. I mean, good for you. Thank you. I will take that participation award. I also like watching people flail around. And you know what? You can only get better, right? You, you're going to continue to pursue this. I, I'm honestly rooting for you. you know? uh, you're going to continue to pursue this. You're going to refine your your set and uh find your your voice and hopefully as you get further and further away from it uh, less and less of your set will be about pornography or you being in pornography because i feel like there's a little more to life than that i agree um, but uh look i I'm, I'm pulling for you in that sense uh, anything to get you out of porn because like i said we we have more than enough there already um, and I'm not contributing anything meaningful to it, at least in your perspective. Yeah, like I said, I've seen some of it, and you know, I'm gonna be totally honest with. Uh, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I have, uh, I have not uh, reached an orgasm watching anything you've ever done. That's fair, and also true of a lot of my ex-boyfriends. So you're in good company, Chad, or <laughs> really terrible company. Why would they ever choose to date you if you couldn't make them come? Uh, you know what? A lot of people have a lot of things wrong with them, Chad. Not just me. That's true. That's mm -hmm. Hey, I'm not saying that I'm normal or perfect. I'm far from it. I've got all kinds of issues myself. So we're all, we're all kind of in that realm. Do you have any advice on what I could do better for my comedy besides less porn jokes? Well, I mean, one of the things I really like about somebody like Adam Carolla uh, he's able to take like a very mundane topic or uh, an observation he has like traveling through an airport or something and he'll literally do like a 20 or 30 minute riff on it and make it the funniest thing you've ever heard and it's all improvised um it's all just kind of off the cuff i mean there's a reason why he has literally like one of the the highest downloaded podcasts on the internet and the way his brain works is just i mean there's there's tons of comedians that go on have, have you ever been on his show on adam's show yeah no i have not been on adam's show i i want to try to make that happen um i follow a lot of the, the producers for a show and stuff and i'm constantly tweeting with them and stuff yeah um, recommend but I'm gonna me try to make that happen i i absolutely will because i think you would make a fantastic guess and he's had porn stars on there before like Sasha Gray and uh, Christy Canyon 
and a couple others, but uh, nobody that's ever tried to make, you know, the transition into comedy. So that right there in and of itself is a really interesting subject that you guys can probably talk about you know, for quite a length. It tends to be the but, subject I talk to, to most comedians about on their podcasts. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, it's kind of a novelty thing. And one thing I did kind of look at was I wanted to see a list of how many porn stars attempted to make the transition into comedy. And it, it's a very short list, you know. It is a and very short list. I, I think there was a girl named Alina or Aline something. I, I don't know. Um, and there was maybe Katie Morgan, which I, she's obviously not a comedian, but she's been in some comedic films. And I know mm -hmm. she's done some like podcasts with like Kevin Smith and stuff. Or, you know, those are always uh, comedy based yes. things. So I really wouldn't consider a comedian, but. I mean, it's a very short list and I was kind of thinking about it and it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, most porn stars, they're not really funny. They're crazy. I mean, a lot of them are crazier than a bag of cats, but most of them aren't funny. So. <laughs> I, I and just, neither I, am I, I. So again, but, good company. But you're trying and I got to give it to you. I mean, I'm not out there doing open mics and stuff. I mean, you know, not that I really think I'm funny. But, I mean, it, it takes a huge set of balls to put yourself out there and have people staring at you with their arms folded, just dead-eyed, and you're sitting there trying to make them laugh. I mean, that's, that's no easy feat. So, good for you for that, I guess. Thanks. I appreciate that, Chad. I really do. Is there <laughs> anything else you would, uh, you would like to tell me that you, besides my physical appearance, and stand-up comedy and the number of other things that are clearly wrong with me and that's just an objective truth that's really not even on you uh sure sure yeah, yeah sure um stop making stupid faces when you're having sex you, you gotta stop doing that you, you i think you kind of have like this uh, lazy eye thing going on when you come um it looks kind of weird and uh i don't know you you make a pretty stupid face uh when you're coming i think i so do make a to... very stupid face when I, I have you ever tried to uh to improve your orgasm face or, or watch your orgasm face chad the fair point but i'm also not trying to film myself and put it out there either very true very true and to be <laughs> fair i have a lazy eye because my parents didn't get me glasses when i needed them as a child sure blame the parents typical yeah. millennial you know they didn't give me a participation trophy for that shit either my eyeball sunk back in its socket you can blame them as much as you want, but from what I can gather, it sounds like you came from a pretty intact household. Like most, most women that enter, uh, you know, sex work industry, they, they got diddled by an uncle or. Oh, I don't think that's true. You don't think so? Not in my experience. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's an old stigma um, from like 20, 30 years ago or something and it's completely changed and you know, female empowerment and all that stuff. But I just feel like, at least the way it used to be, that there was clearly something missing from these people's lives that they have to try to get approval through subjecting themselves to that. It's, I don't know. That's an of, interesting, that's a very sad perspective to have. It's kind of dark, right? It's very dark. 
but I can't help but think like there's all these porn stars out there. All of these porn stars have parents and you got to know that some of these parents have seen this stuff and just how sad it must make them feel. It's like, why are you doing that to your mom and dad? But that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I think we make a lot of assumptions naturally about the state of like where someone came from and what their family was like. And while I don't think it is true that most people in porn were molested and that's why they chose to do their job, um, I do know a large number of people, myself included, that come from uh, fairly difficult backgrounds, whether or not on the surface they appear difficult or not. Um, so I think that, you know, it's everyone is different. The, the reason most people get into porn is the same reason why most people get into doing any job is because it pays very well and because the, the hours are flexible and it has a very low barrier of entry. Uh, you don't need a right. $100,000 degree to take it up the ass. Uh, although I think if anything, my career proves that that does help. <laughs> and that's a fair statement, but I don't know. It seems like you have a pretty strong head on your shoulders um quite honestly you seem pretty smart if i'm if i'm not mistaken you're college educated right i am yes you could have you could have pursued a number of things and yet you landed on this it's mm -hmm. just it's, it's kind of bizarre to be honest with you you don't really fit the profile for what i think somebody who would be in this industry you know uh, acts like or talks like um it's just kind of weird no i i agree with you and, and so do quite a few other people that i i do not although i will say that there are a number of college educated adult performers um i think angela white has her master's degree um i just watched one of her videos today how funny i love her she has great tits and, and she's and she's into all that dress up stuff too like there's mm -hmm. tons of the video out there um yeah no i'm i'm all about that and her butthole tastes like magic. Just saying. Wow. Wow. Well, I will take your word for it. Uh, but no, really an excellent performer. I worked with her on a scene and we were there for over 12 hours. She had another scene to shoot afterwards and I didn't see her work ethic lag once. I was exhausted and like leaning against the table trying to stay awake to do the rest of my lines. And she was like, let's go, let's do this. That's great. And I was like, maybe I'm not cut out for this job. <laughs> what, what, what's the longest you've ever had to go for? In terms uh, of like a shoot or, a, you know, sex? In terms of having sex, the sex is actually pretty short, typically in porn. Um, I would say it's rarely over 30 minutes of actual penetration, which is not short. I don't like to have sex for 30 minutes in my personal life. That's fucking terrible. And I don't understand why people assume that I do because it just feels like work. <laughs> but uh, the, the sex is typically pretty short. The longest I've been on a set is about 14 hours. Oh, crap. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot, especially when you're wearing heels and a swimsuit in a backyard in West Hollywood. And it's cold outside because it's night. My knees really hurt that day. So, and you oh, can't sit down because you'll get marks on your ass. So you just have to stand the entire time. That actually sounds pretty awful. Yeah, kind of was. I, I guess it's not all glamour and uh, all good times, huh? Yeah, no, it can't all be cum shots and glitter. 
maybe maybe you can answer something for me that I was always curious about. Yeah. With, within that world. Um, is it true that all the male performers take Viagra before scenes? Um, it is true that a lot of them carry it with them and will have it as a backup. Some always take it, some rarely do. Uh, but the thing you have to understand for male performers is that they have to be hard for much longer than we actually have sex for. So mm -hmm. because we go through and we do all of the stills, they have to be hard the entire time for that. Then, you know, we do the actual shoot and their shoots are always different too. There's some where you get to set and they're like, fuck however you want for this long. And then there's others where it's, we need mish into spoon into doggy into pile driver into this kind of finish. And each, each position needs to be six, seven minutes long. And it's very, very regimented. So they're basically having to deal with all of that and then having to come pretty much on command. They, once they wrap the shoe and, you know, we pause and it's time for the money shot, they have about five minutes. And if it takes longer than that, there's a very good chance they won't get hired again. It, it seems really unfair because from what I understand, there's a lot of pressure put on the male performer and yet there's a huge pay disparity between male and female performers. So that's another interesting thing because you're correct, there is. Um, but the flip side of that is even though typically the female performer makes about $1,000 per scene, more or less, depending on what it is, uh, and the male performer makes anywhere from 400 to I think like the highest rate is like 800 uh, for some of the more like veteran performers. Um, the difference sure. is that I might work, when I was shooting studio pornography and I was working consistently, like my busiest months I would shoot maybe eight or nine days. And that was a very busy month. Whereas men will shoot four scenes a week. So they're making less oh, wow. per scene, but they're working much more often. So it kind of balances out. It balances out. It's also a much less saturated market for male talent. There are very few, very competent male talent that get a lot of that work. Whereas with female talent, there's thousands. So I would say at any given time, there's between 20 and 30 male performers in porn in Los Angeles. That's it? Yeah, for male performers, about 20 or 30 who work consistently. Wow, that's, that's, uh, that's actually a pretty low number. Mm -hmm. It's well, a hard I'll, job. Literally, well, you hope. It's, <laughs> it's not one that I need to worry about because uh, last time I checked, there's not a huge demand for Asian male performers. You, there actually is. Really? Yeah. Uh, the thing with porn that's, I mean, and it kind of gets back to what we were saying in the first place, is that everyone likes something different. Everyone has their thing that they like. And especially when it comes to diversity in porn, there is a huge, especially right now, there's a huge push for more diversity in porn. Uh, but, but there definitely is a market. There's absolutely an a market for Asian male porn stars. Specifically for Asian male, because I know Asian females has always been a huge, um, yes, you know, huge niche, I guess, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the industry. But I mean, when I'm like perusing through Pornhub or whatever, you don't really see any Asian male perform. I mean, which makes sense. I mean, most Asians are hung like an elevator button, right? There's just, <laughs> there's just nothing there. So, I mean, I, I get it. And, um, you know, I, it's not, it's definitely not something that I'd want to put out there. Which is very fair. It's, it's not for anyone or for everyone. It's a very specific kind of job. I, I've done it. I've, I've done it. And, um, I mean, I, I enjoy watching it, but I certainly wouldn't uh, want 
others to to see it. Yeah. So you make your own sex tapes? Is that what you're getting at here? I have. And yeah. it, it's cool. Look, I'm not gross. I'm not like this huge, fat, terrible no, looking I've, person. I, I, you have pictures on your Twitter. You're, you're a nice looking guy, Chad. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. that. Yeah, I wouldn't describe you as meh. Oh, <laughs> hmm. well, that, that makes me feel simultaneously good and terrible for saying it to you. Yeah, I, that's how all men react to me. Perfect. I'm glad I'm staying on brand. But no, I stand by my statement. You are pretty meh. Yeah, that's fair enough, honestly. And it's not an unpopular I mean, opinion. <laughs> but you're still, I mean, it, it baffles me that. Chad? Can't hear you, buddy. Hello? Can't hear you. All right. Well, that was on my end. More things that I do poorly, uh, apparently. Uh, yeah, my internet is just as lackluster as I am. I think that's somebody giving us a hint that, uh, that this should probably wrap be wrapped up. up. Yeah, yep. and I think we do need to wrap things up. But thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your honesty. And uh, I think several of your critiques are, uh, are valid, and I'm going to take those into consideration. Yeah, but I'm just another loser on the internet. Who gives a shit what I think, though, right? I, hopefully people do, because otherwise I'm really up a creek with this, uh, this whole podcast project. <laughs> So I'm really hoping people are, uh, are going to listen to this. I hope so, too, for your sake, Kate. I really do. Man, because uh, I really have no other uh, transmutable skills. I can think of one. Is it sticking my fist up my butt, Chad? No, no, not really a fan of that. I've actually seen that live in person uh, while high on Coke, and it's, it's not that great. It's disturbing. You know, I actually knew a woman in the BDSM scene in Denver that had a, uh, uh, a fake leg. Like she was an amputee below the knee. What? Yeah. And she had this uh, prosthetic device uh, that she could uh, clip on to her stump that had a large dildo on the end of it. And she could just stump fuck people in the ass. Uh, yeah. And if you didn't know that she was an amputee, for example, and maybe you walked in and she was just knee deep in someone's ass. It's an experience. Just as a viewer. It, it, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I've seen a lot of things, but uh, I can't say that I've seen that. <laughs> well, you're not missing anything. Uh, do you want to plug any of your social media, Chad? Uh, no, I have like 60 followers on Twitter and it's fine. I don't care. I've been on there like 10 years. The only reason why I'm on Twitter is just to harass, uh, you know, Scary Perry. I love fucking with him. But that, no, I really don't. I mean, I, I'm at, at Chad wins again on Twitter. But uh, like I said, I really don't use it other than to occasionally fuck with celebrities. Yes. Or tell me that my yeah. butt is not looking great that day. I'm here to help. And you do. You are so helpful, Chad. You helped me so much today. I'm sure I did. You really have. All right. Thank you for listening to The Kennedy Assassination. My name is Kate Kennedy, and you can find me anywhere online at The OG Kennedy. You can find this podcast at anchor.fm slash The Kennedy Assassination or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Please kill me. This is The Kennedy Assassination.